Hello, my name is Kara Welke. I am the creator of the Next Level Occupational Therapy platform. We are a community of occupational therapists who are on a mission to help other occupational therapists develop their own business. We have um, an online Facebook group to help support OT and OTA professionals to help them um, on their path to OT entrepreneurship. Throughout the next several shows, I will be interviewing OTs and OTAs that have started their own business so that you can learn from those who have already been through the process that you are looking to start. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Erin Gruich. She has been an occupational therapist for 18 years and has always had a passion for working with children. She lives in Southern Alberta and Erin started a mobile sensory clinic one year ago. This allowed her to provide services to clients at their home without the inconvenience of being in their home. Having a mobile sensory clinic allows her to have all of her sensory equipment with her so she can most effectively treat her clients at their home. So happy to have you here, Erin. Can you first start with just telling us all about your current business? Yeah, so I, um, I live in Southern Alberta and I have a mobile sensory clinic. So um, last year, around this time, I converted a bus into a clinic on wheels. So I have contracts with, um, with school boards and I have some private clients who pay out of profit out of pocket, sorry, um, but mainly it's through school contracts and I take the bus with me and do uh, my treatment and assessment in the bus. And so it travels to the client's home or to the school or the preschool where they're at. And I don't have to worry about space issues and I don't have to um, go into people's homes. Like you said, um, they come into the bus and they're happy to see the bus pull up. So. My business is called Sensational Path, and uh, yeah, it's a mobile sensory clinic. Um, and then I also have started to offer it because lots of people have contacted me about how did I do this, and um, there were talks about franchise and all this, but um, I don't want a franchise. <laughs> I'm not ready for that. But I do offer um, business coaching to other OTs who want some help either creating a bus or just problem solving their space issues. So how did you, can you tell us a little bit about the process of finding a bus and revamping mm -hmm. it? Did you do that yourself? Did you hire someone to do it? Yeah, we did it ourselves. I found a bus. Um, I guess I could back up and kind of talk about the process, but I, I bought the bus on Kijiji. <laughs> do you have Kijiji in this thing? Well, I don't think so. I don't know what it is it's like a, a online sales place so okay yeah. yeah we have marketplaces where you can buy stuff online yeah so I found the bus there and I had my friend who's a mechanic go and check the bus out for me and he said yeah it was a good bus and so I bought the bus I had a couple um so I will back up because there is a bit of a process to it but I ran like a crowdfunding campaign one of the the banks here in Alberta, which is a government-owned bank, 
it they offer uh, or they run a ATB booster program. So that's to help entrepreneurs kind of get started. It's like a Kickstarter program. So you put your idea out. It helps to validate your idea, to gain awareness of your idea, and to raise money. So through this Kickstarter, this booster campaign, I raised money or pre-sold time on the bus to people. And then that helped me raise funds to get the project started. So that was, um, and it also helped me validate the idea because I thought this was a good idea. I had this idea for like 10 years and I never moved on it. And then I saw this booster campaign information and I thought, well, why don't I test this out before forking over a whole bunch of money, see if people would pay for it. And one of my big contributors was the school board that I work for or that I'm contracted with. So they purchased a lot of time and um, that helped kind of get things on the, on the go. Yeah, that's a neat idea and a great way to get started with it. So, <laughs> so then once you got the bus, you kind of gutted it and put everything yeah. in yourself. Yeah, I looked at different places online for like what they're called schoolies. Those are people who convert buses. I didn't know that before. Um, and so I was able to kind of follow their process of how they get it ready to put equipment in. So I ripped out the seats. My husband and I did that, um, got, got good at using power tools. <laughs> And um, yeah, we ripped out the seats. The flooring in there was okay, so we didn't have to do much with the flooring, just seal the bolt holes. And then we had to try to figure out how to how to outfit it, what what equipment to put in it, how to make it safe, so matting and what to put on the walls so that kids wouldn't hit their heads on the walls and stuff like that. So a lot of it was done ourselves and on a budget. Um, Ikea was was our our main provider of mats and stuff but um and then the big question that I had was how do you hang suspended equipment in a bus like it's not like hanging equipment in a room mm -hmm. so um tried to problem solve that and find that figure that out that was really hard to get answers on and then my mechanic said oh I know how you can do that so he um He's familiar with the ins and outs of buses and he was able to tell us where we could hang bolts and how much weight it would support and, and whatnot. So we took it to his shop and he did it and we picked it up and they were all excited to play on the mechanics. We're all excited to play on the bus. So That's awesome. So with the bus, do you have um, like different liability or professional insurance that you need to get? Yeah, I, I mean, the bus itself needed its own insurance and that was kind of tricky to get because, you know, it's not a bus anymore, um, but it is mobile. Um, so I was able to get insurance after explaining what exactly it was. So it's actually registered as a utility vehicle, not a bus. That was the suggestion that the registration had. And then it's insured for you know, the structure of a bus. And then I have a lot of liability insurance, but similar to what I would have if it was a brick and mortar. Right, right. Yeah. So I just um, took out as much as I could. <laughs> now, do you do it cash-based or do you bill insurance or how do you do payment? 
And I know you said you had contracts and then you have other like kids or clients you see. So mainly the majority of my work is through school contracts. So I send an invoice at the end of the month and they pay me 15 days later and that works out well. Then um, I have a few out of pocket um, people. So one is through what we call FSCD. So that's Family Services for Children with Disabilities. So I, I bill them the same way. So at the end of a month, I'll send them a, a bill for the hours that I worked and they submit it to Family Services for Children with Disabilities and they get reimbursed and then they reimburse me. Now, if I was, um, if I had a lot of clients like that, I might not, I might want payment more upfront, but this works for this particular family and it works for me. Um, and then I do have some people who just pay at the end of the session and I send them their invoice and they submit for insurance or coverage if they have that. Um, <clears throat> I was talking to somebody yesterday about this because I don't have a lot of like one-on-one -on -one clients that come solely to use the bus and I haven't promoted that. Well, I've tried to promote it a little bit, but funding down here is a little bit different. I guess I should say up here because I'm above you. But funding in Southern Alberta seems to be a bit different and the people who provide that funding, um, they hold on to it a little bit tighter. So it's harder for private practice OTs to get that funding. They give the funding more to an agency that has OT and speech and multidisciplinary team. Um, so I haven't really fought that battle yet, but it's, it, I think it would be helpful to my clientele if that was a resource for them. So <clears throat> moving forward, that, that's something that I'm going to advocate for. Um, I looked at getting grants so that the service would be more ready, readily available, and that's something that we're looking into for this year. But like I said, I'm, once school starts, I'm busy. Um, I have a fairly full caseload and, and I have two young kids at home, so I need some time with them as well. Yeah, it's important to have that work-life balance. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm interested, you said you had this idea 10 years ago is when you kind of first started. <laughs> um, and then I know you said once you heard about that funding source that kind of kick-started you, but thinking way back to 10 years, can you kind of talk about like why were there any other reasons it took you 10 years before you jump started this besides, yes. you know, money? Um, I think I saw it as this cool idea. I saw a picture of a bus on Facebook or somewhere online that was equipped with gymnastics equipment. And I thought that's a cool idea, but I had just finished my sensory integration practice training. So my SIP training, and I lived in Slovenia at the time, and it didn't really seem like a model that was necessary over there. I had a clinic that people would come to, and so it was, what I had was okay. Then we moved back to Canada from Slovenia, and people wouldn't come necessarily to a clinic. Like, they didn't want to travel. And I worked for the government at the time, and um, I just, I kept seeing a need for this service. We, I live in a rural area. People have to travel. Like the closest city to me is an hour away. So I had to travel to work. And then clients who lived in my town or even 30 minutes west of me 
had to travel an hour, hour and a half to get to their appointments. And so I started seeing this as, you know, these are families who have children with special needs. These are families who are already maxed out. Why do they have to travel to these appointments? Why can't we go to them? But then they didn't often want us in their home. They, we didn't necessarily want to be in some of these homes to put ourselves at risk. So the idea of a bus just started creeping back up on me and I left my position with the government to fulfill these school contracts and it was the same day that I heard about this, this booster campaign idea. And it just sort of, it all just sort of happened at once. I went private or I gave my notice to go private. And then suddenly I was doing a camp, running a campaign to have a bus and, and then it just all happened. I was like, okay, so it just sort of magically unfolded. That's awesome and amazing. I mean, that it all kind of just came together and led you to this awesome opportunity. So that's neat. So thinking about someone that, you know, cause there's, I see lots of interest um, in even in our next level group, um, you know, some before you joined our group, someone had posted that, have you seen the mobile clinic idea? That would be neat. I wonder how to start and, and things like that. Um, so do you have tips like maybe five top tips that you would give someone that wants to start a mobile sensory clinic? Like yeah. where to start or what to do? Well, I have some general tips, but, and I think they relate to starting a clinic, but just do it. That was my big thing. I know there's lots of people who have commented on, on my bus and said, oh, I have thought about doing that and, and do it. Like it's so, I haven't looked back and said, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. Like, I'm at a point where I need to look at what's the next step. Like, there's only so much of me to go around. Um, but it's a, it's a good, viable service. It's a way to solve that problem of space, that problem of our clients having to travel and just kind of being more client-centered. So follow your dream. If you have a dream, whether it's a bus or something else, just go for that and, and do it. Um, that's easy to say, but... Um, my next tip was don't reinvent the wheel. So find somebody who has done this, whether it's a bus, whether it's starting a clinic, find somebody who has done it and follow their, their lead. Don't try to do it differently. That's, that's harder, right? So work smarter. Um, that was my other tip was, sorry, find my tips. Um, yeah, so find someone who has done it before you. I did some training with Brendan Bouchard, and that was that's one of the things that he says in his training for entrepreneurs is, you know, lay out your your dream and your goal, your North Star, and then find somebody who has done that and find out what the steps are that they did. So yep. the steps were doing that crowdfunding campaign so that I could validate that idea. There's no sense building this big bus that nobody's going to use, right? So I needed to know that people would use this. And so I had to test the market a little bit um, and then figure out what those steps were. But for me, there, there wasn't anyone that I knew of. I couldn't get a hold of anyone who had done this before. So that was hard for me to then ask somebody, how do you do this? Like, you know, I could ask people who had set up sensory gyms 
how to how to do that but a bus was so much different so finding that those people that know what the bus is like or or come and ask me i'm happy to help people um, with those next steps in um canada is there do you does the occupational therapy association there have very many resources for ot's to develop businesses or to support them in this there, process yeah there's some um, there's some private practice like uh, communities of practice but for specifically for the bus no and when I did the when I did my booster campaign at the same time there was a um, a, a course or a group for entrepreneurs and it within that it showed you how to set up a business plan and it was a competition so I love competitions so okay. I was like well I'll do this so it kind of showed me like how to start a business plan and how to do market research. And um, it was running at the same time as my booster campaign. So that sort of fell together. Um, there are probably more resources than I was aware of where I live. It's, it's small and you know, there's internet, but I, I needed someone physically to help me. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know, a lot of the purpose why we started this group is just that mentorship and support is so important to be able to have people to bounce ideas off and even once you're going there's always things that come up so yeah yeah, yeah. um i guess my other plan or my other tip for if you are wanting to um start a mobile clinic figure out kind of what what size bus you want and and get someone to look under the hood and do all those as OTs. We're not, you know, we have lots of great problem solving ideas and ways to break things down and analyze, but myself, I'm not a mechanic and yes. I really needed someone who understood the engine and the, the bus to, to know what to look for. Right. I could open the hood, but I, don't, I still don't know. <laughs> How far a distance do you travel? Um, so I have schools, the farthest school I have is an hour and a half drive. Okay. So you yeah. do take bus quite a ways then. Yeah. I don't go there often, but, um, when the weather's good, I try to get there once a month. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my tips were like, go for it, follow your dream, find somebody who has done this before and get them to help, ask them how to do it. Um, don't be afraid to ask for help, make a plan, let go of perfection. <laughs> for me, yes, I was like, oh, the rust on the outside of this bus, I, I need to paint the bus. And it was like, no, the bus still hasn't been painted, by the way. Um, it still has rust, but that gives it some character. And I can provide services if the outside isn't perfect. Um, the inside needs to be functional was what I went for. So yes, there's still little things that I want to fix and make it pretty, um, but it's very functional. And then my last tip, which probably should be my first tip is just make sure when you're starting your business that you make time for fun and family and for yourself. It's really easy to get burnt out and burn the candle at both ends, so to speak. And, um, yeah, there are lots of things that that I just kept plowing through and 
luckily I have a supportive husband who is still with me and by my side, but you know, there's times where it was, you know, a little bit heated. Well, and I totally agree. And a lot of times, um, we are wanting to start our own business because we're burnt out in our current job and not liking it. But then when we start a new business, you get so into it and are so focused in it and putting so much time and energy, you sometimes forget everything around you. And we really need to keep that important balance in our lives. So I know I'm struggling with that right now. This summer I did my um, one daughter was like, you don't usually work in the summer since I teach. So I tried to keep it to a minimum as possible so we could still do that family time. So yeah, that's really important. Yeah, I've had the summer off and it's been, it's not been great for the pocketbook, but it's been great for our family. And I think yep. that's important. Um, I have a couple other questions. Do you do just individual treatment or do you ever do groups of I kids? Do yeah, I do run groups, um, a lot of, so I see preschool age kids and oftentimes I have five children that are on, are in one preschool and they're only there for the morning. So they're only there for an hour and a half, two hours. And it's really hard to get all of them in in one time. And so I've run some groups and actually the physiotherapist that I work with at that preschool, she was asking, we were problem solving one day and she just said, I don't know how to see, like I have 19, 19 kids on my caseload and they're all morning preschool. And how am I going to, how am I going to see them? They're in different areas. And I said, well, run groups. And she said, well, I don't have a space because often she's doing therapy in the hallway. I said, you need a bus. <laughs> yeah, the bus has been good for that because I can run groups or family oriented practice sessions where the family and the child are in there. Um, I've had several of those sessions where I'll have like up to up to six kids and family at once. It gets a little crowded sometimes, but six is the most kids that I would recommend in my bus. Um, do you ever do treatment off the bus? Sometimes, yeah. Especially like we have pretty harsh winters. <laughs> this was our first winter out with the bus and February was really cold. So to get the bus started and heated up, was a bit of an issue and that's something that lots of people ask me about too and so on those days or if it was uh, the roads weren't so good I would just go with the car and and do treatment in the space oh. there one of the schools oh. that I contracted with um, is on the reserve and they I go there twice a week but I, I'm setting up a classroom there for them so that the days that I'm not there they can continue to get services or have a calm down space and get their sensory needs met. That's fantastic. Now I saw on your site that, do you have a thing that you can rent the bus to? Yeah, I, I tried that. It hasn't been super popular. I thought it would be like a space where you could have birthday parties. Huh. I had two, I think two birthday parties so far and um, the first one was, well, they both were very busy. There were a lot of kids. Like I tell the families when they rent the bus that, you know, six kids is a nice number. At one time we had 21. <laughs> the weather was bad and they didn't want to be outside. They didn't have a space outdoors. Um, so that was a bit uh, crowded. 
but I, yeah, I did. I tried that as a, you know, another revenue stream. Um, but it didn't really catch on here in town. Um, but I haven't pushed it a, a lot because that's, that would mean that I have to go to all these birthday parties or, or hire somebody um, to take the bus. And have you thought about hiring any other staff or? Yeah, I'm at a point right now where I would really like to hire um, another staff. Again, where I live, it seems like that. So Calgary is, if you've heard of Calgary, Alberta, that's where the Olympics were in 88. Um, but Calgary seems, OTs seem to stop at Calgary and they don't come further south. I'm two hours south of Calgary and I think there's a shortage down here of at least three OTs. So it's, it would be hard, not not saying impossible, but it's hard to find another OT. But I would, I've been talking to a couple of people about just OTAs kind of yeah. filling in. Um, I'm looking at kind of outsourcing some of my virtual work so that I can hire a virtual assistant and I don't have to be behind the computer all the time doing some of those things. Right. Yeah. Exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. Well, I love this concept. I think it's fabulous and um, I wish you all the best. Do you have any other last tips for anybody that's wanting to get started in a business in general or in the mobile business? I think your tips were all fantastic and I agree with all of them. Thanks. Um, I guess I would just put it out there if somebody is looking to start a mobile, um, reach out. I would be happy to help um, problem solve or answer some questions. I know I've had lots of emails um, lately just asking different questions. So I've tried to post some question and answer. So if people want to reach out to me or follow me on my website, um, and then I'm, I'm running a bus boot camp that I have a beta test running. So if people want to know all the ins and outs of a bus and the answers, that's my little plug, <laughs> shameless yeah. plug, but yeah, um, you can find information either on my, on my Facebook page or I have a member vault. I can give you the link and you can post yeah. that. I can sure post that. Yeah, that'd be great. But yeah, just if you have questions, reach out. I'm happy to answer. And I wish that somebody was available to answer my bus questions when I was starting up. So I'm there for you. Awesome. Well, thank you so very much and you have a wonderful day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Next Level Occupational Therapy podcast. Be sure you check out the Next Level Occupational Therapy Facebook page to keep up to date on all the new happenings.